the conversation is how do we build a community of podcasting that determines how podcasters will be treated in Africa by anyone coming in now. If it's our creators are going to be paid, mm -hmm. this is how much our creators are going to be paid. And it doesn't matter who you talk to. That's the conversation across the board. Podcasting has the ability to be the thing that unites us. As an African, doesn't matter which part of the continent you're on. Storytelling is your thing. Africa X. Create your life. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series, and you are listening to Africa X, which is our special series focused on conversations and experiences with experts from Africa, in Africa, about Africa. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Today we are honored to have this esteemed serious, phenomenal woman who is a Kenyan native. Look at her basking in her glory. The ultimate podcast community builder in Africa with more than four years of experience in the African podcasting industry. She is the community manager at Afropods, Go Team, a Pan-African podcast hosting a distribution platform. And she's all about creating spaces for African podcasters to connect and grow the African podcasting ecosystem. I am talking about none other than Miss Kathoni Ngumba. Kathoni, please say hello to the Create Your Life family. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? <laughs> we are well. Thank you for having me. No, definitely. It's been a long time coming. It's been a long time coming. I'm so excited to be back in the studio recording and to be here with you. So, Kathoni, I got a lot of questions for you. You know, you're doing your thing, community building, and I've seen, had the opportunity to witness you and watch you grow and even be a part of your evolution. So I want to jump right in. First question out the gate. You're a veteran in the African podcasting ecosystem. Please tell the Create Your Life family how you got started in the podcasting industry because you have a journalism background as well as photography and, you know, video production. So how did you get in the game? So I stumbled into okay. podcasting. I hadn't planned it. Well, I knew it existed because I listened to podcasts. But what happened is my friend was like, I know someone who's looking for someone to do social media. Mm. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Let me meet the guy. And I meet the guy. And it was one of the founders of Afripods. Mm. And that's how I got into the space. So I came in doing social media and me being myself. I was like, oh, wait, this other thing needs to get done. And then I started talking to podcasters. And then I started talking to people in the industry. And a lot of people in the space, like Melissa and Josephine, I've known for a really long time. So it was just getting into the space and finding people who I already know, Dana Seda, all of these people who I've known in different walks of life who just happened to be in the space. And then we grew together. So I stumbled into it. It's mm -hmm. really how it happened. Social media brought me here. <laughs> hey, I love to hear that. Social media brought me here. Yeah. Social, Social media, media brought me here. Thank you, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts out to the gram. Yeah. Okay, well, because you have this great vantage point of being in the game earlier on, what are like three things that you see working in Africa versus other places in regards to just podcasting in the industry, period? I think we're really good at collaboration, I had the opportunity to go like for PM and things like that. And if you're listening- What's PM? I'm sorry. Podcast movement. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let I'm them like know. the people who I'm in the room with someone who's in podcasting. So you forget sometimes. But yeah, mm -hmm. so podcast movement and a lot of the conversation of like the black community or the Latinx community or these people are not feeling like they're part of it or how do we get into that space? How do we invite them? And I feel like podcasting is a space where we have figured out how people in South Africa, people in Egypt, people in West Africa, Askez in East Africa- are finding a way to build the ecosystem together. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of collaboration. I feel that 
is not necessarily typical mm-hmm. in a lot of spaces. And it's really exciting to see it happen because especially for me who's in community, being able to work with people from different spaces and everyone's receptive. We're not just at the space where it's like, it's my thing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to share or something like that. So the collaboration is one thing that I think is different. Also, something that's different is the growth or the potential for growth. Because if you think about vernacular, if you think about all the stories that haven't been told yet, if you talk people in the creative industry, they're like, all the stories that need to be told have been told. Mm-hmm. But then as an African, I know there's so many stories that haven't been told. There's stories mm-hmm. like I found out, oh, I used to listen to Anansi the Spider. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's stories we grew up with that no one else knows. And it's things like that, that if we're able to get those stories told and you see now podcasting becoming into movies and things like that. I think there's such potential for growth of the industry, but not only podcasting, but for storytellers and creators on African continent. Mm. So I think that's something different. And I think we'll take people by surprise is the third thing. I feel like a lot of times in spaces, Africa is the underdog. Mm -hmm. This is the one time I feel like we're going to win. Yeah, you can like, level the playing field, right? I don't even think level. I think it's going to be like, you know, in the movies when it's the time when the good guys are down and then someone comes in, Optimus Prime, and then it's just like they win, but like really win. Yeah. I think it's going to be one of those things. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's our time to really shine as a continent because our thing has always been stories. So being able to shine on our terms in our space, I think is really exciting. Waiting to see it happen is really exciting for me. So you said something I thought was important. You said people feel like these stories have been told, but you know so many stories that haven't been told. Why do you think that it's so important for Africans to tell their own stories as opposed to how things have been done now? I have my own theory, but I would love to hear from you who's grown up on the continent. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things everywhere. I normally put, I feel like Africa's stories should be told by the people who know her best, Mm. which is the Africans. I feel like for a long time, we have been told our story. We have been told our narrative. The world has decided who we are and then it's been fed to us. For the first time, it's a chance for us to actually take control of the narrative, learn from the narrative. I know some people in West Africa who are using podcasting to teach languages, like our Mm -hmm. local languages. So it's not only a space to teach, learn, share. It's also a space to like hold our history, but on our terms. As a Kenyan, for example, for the Mau Mau, Mm -hmm. the fighters, they fought in the forest. This is what happened. It's like a little clip, one line in history. But then you're not told about the concentration camps. You're not told about all of these things. And it takes me being in my 20s, 30s to find out that we had concentration camps in the same way that we learn about Western history and they had concentration camps and all of that. But why is it being told to us the same way? If it's slave trade, West Africa had slave trade, but we had slave trade as well. We Mm -hmm. have the caves in Mombasa. And if you go, you're able to go through and see what it is the trade did. But where are those stories? Where are those stories being told? How do I make sure my child gets to hear that story as well? Because sometimes I feel like the lessons that we can learn as Africans are in first understanding who we were as a people and then learning how to grow from that. And I think that's the opportunity telling our own stories presents where we're able to know what we were, pick what we want from it, and then evolve from that as well. But with an attachment to who we were before like colonialism and everything, not trying to be like the African who brings up, we were colonized. But in that sense, I think there's an opportunity for ownership. And even me living in Kenya two years, you just taught me something about the caves and things like that. I didn't know that about Mombasa, right? Yeah. So now when I go to Mombasa, I want to actually go and check it out and kind of yeah. see what the history is. And for those who are not familiar, can you tell us a little bit more about the Mau Mau fighters? So the Mau Mau is basically our freedom fighters in 
in history, we were taught that they were bad people who, well, not really, they're the ones who saved us. I mm-hmm. use quotation marks from the colonialists, from the British colonialists. But that's who they were. In Kenya, it's the Mau Mau. We hear about the Maji Maji Rebellion in Tanzania and all of this. In our heads, it almost feels like folk tales. It feels like something that happened, but it's not tangibly seeable or something like that. In as much as some of us like have grandparents who were part of the fighting and everything, but there's no space for understanding, for example, the brokenness of our grandfathers or why our fathers turn out the way they are when they're like macho and you can't cry, you can't do this. But you see, if they were brought up with a man who had to survive in a certain place mm-hmm. and then your father's brought up with that. So then you understand who he is and it's able to heal, like, you know, the generation. And mm-hmm. it sounds very fluffy, but mm-hmm. it feels like to me, that's how important our stories are. If we're able to tell the stories of understanding the Mau Mau and when they were running in the forests, when those communities that used to put out food for them because it was illegal to help them. Mm-hmm. But certain communities would put out pots of food at night. Mm-hmm. So that they'd come out of the forest and just find food and then run back into the forest. Understanding those intricate systems that other communities played in helping the people who are actually fighting or understanding what the spies were like, the women who are spies running between the forests and the villages and everything, giving the information, understanding what those stories were like also. Mm-hmm. I think that's the space now the Mau Mau play. But yeah, those are the stories I want to hear. If you go like to the coast, there's the people who walk you through the caves. If I could get that guy to record a podcast where he's like, okay, when you enter this room, I want you to be able to imagine what the cave is getting smaller. And Mm -hmm. this is a six foot tall man who has to bend over. And then you have a hundred people in a room that's probably a quarter of what we're in now, which is not that big. And being able to sit, this is how many people were dying when this is happening. If you can get people to see that through audio, it would be magical, right? No, it would, especially being very descriptive. And so what I'm hearing from you is you're saying that podcasting, and this is one of my favorite things, so I'm kind of putting my <laughs> stuff on you, but I feel like podcasting on the continent is a way to preserve traditions, languages, stories, and history in an authentic way so that the future generation can still have an authentic African story. I mean, authentic African experience, no matter where they move by, you know what I mean, being able to rely on history told by those whose history it is. And from their perspective, because I feel like our history is told, Mm -hmm. but not from our perspective. So I know about Mau Mau, but from what I have been taught about them, Mm -hmm. not from what they said about them. Mm -hmm. I want to hear it from their side as well. I think Mm -hmm. there's an opportunity for that for our side of the story to be told. Because every story has two sides. I feel like one has gotten the narrative for a really long time. I think it's time for the other one to come on board. Love that. <laughs> Love that. My next question for you is, being in a podcast game for so long, how have you seen it change over the time that you've been in it? A lot has changed. Things like the size of community, the communities across the continent that are actually just for podcasters. The Z Pod Hub in Zambia, you have Niger Pod Hub. APVA is also building a community. There's the database that Africa Podfest has. Mm-hmm. You see Podfest Cairo, Africa Podfest being able to do a virtual conference. There's so much that's happening. Networks like GCR and Semabox and Gold Coast Trip or Solid Gold. Right. All of these things coming into play. It feels like the industry has grown really fast in a really short time. If you're talking about even now from AfriPods, the number of podcasts we're getting every week signing on, the number of streams we're getting even, it feels like everything seems small. Mm -hmm. But even in those tiny little things, I don't have to go. My conversations have changed from being what is a podcast to how can I market or how can I monetize it? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, wait. So you already know what, what a podcast is or where to host. And so 
the conversations, even in those spaces, changing. Some of the changes I've seen tiny, but appreciated and let me know that there will be growth or seeing podcast movement Africa having panels, you know, or having sessions. Yeah. It's things like that where there's recognition beyond our small little spaces. Mm-hmm. It's not us trying to figure out what we'll do. There's also an international recognition of the African market and welcoming of mm-hmm. the African market as well. So all of that is changes I've seen. Even media houses being able to have podcasts. Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that we're having conversations now with big media houses being like, we have a podcast this week, next week, radio stations. All of mm-hmm. that is change that has happened really fast in a really short time. And yeah. it makes me really excited for anything else coming. So I'm going to switch it up a little bit and ask you for the creator who's out there like, hey, I need to make a community for my pod or we need to grow or, you know, I'm thinking about jumping in the game. What are three things that you would give to a new podcaster who's looking to grow their following in community? Three tips. Number one would be authenticity. Mm. The one thing I realize a lot of people attach to is the personality. So I have a podcast with my sisters. And a lot of the feedback we get is, I really relate to this one. Oh, I remember a time that this happened and I felt like this person. Mm-hmm. Or oh, I felt like it's a lot more about who you are. Mm-hmm. So if you're not able to put in who you are as a person, I feel yeah. like you'll have a problem building community because a lot of the community in the podcast will be attached to who you are. So authenticity True. is very important. Love that. So figure out who you are. And don't put on because you have to put on for a really, really long time. Right, right, right. That's a fact. <laughs> as it grows, then you have to become the new person. So mm-hmm. if you're not ready to be the new person, just figure out how to love yourself before you start your podcast. So I think that would be important. Understand what it is you want from your podcast, because understanding what you want from it would help you figure out what type of community you want and how you want it to grow. Mm-hmm. So say if I want to build a community that will go for lives, I know how to build based on what it is I'm doing for my podcast and the direction I want to go and how to get an audience that would eventually go to lives. Maybe I'll have to go towards like the 25 to 35 year old audience so that they can pay for the tickets. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But I need to understand what it is I want from the podcast Mm -hmm. in order to understand how to create the community for it. And when you're saying live, sorry to cut you off, when you're saying live, you mean live events. Yeah, like live events. So if I decide, say me and my sister decide we want to do a live event. Yeah. Can we pull a crowd? <laughs> I'm waiting for that. I'm there. No pressure. But yeah, can we pull the crowd? <laughs> Would they be able to pay the tickets? What's yeah. the price? Because you see, if I'm an 18, if my audience is 18 to 25, then pricing becomes a different thing than yeah. my audience. You know, like how we've seen some ticket prices is a conversation with a, like a concert in Kenya. Right, right. Our ticket prices are <laughs> expensive, you know. So yeah, it's, yeah, I understand. My crowd and can they pay that VVIP mm-hmm. pricing? Or if I'm doing it for children, then mm. am I giving them free tickets so that their parents are tempted to come in? You know, yeah. understanding that mm-hmm. or understanding the growth or what I want from my podcast would help me build my community. And I think also understanding my uniqueness or what it is my value is what it is you're offering and being able to put everything behind your offering. So social media, and this is who I am. If I'm educating, I'm educating and I'm educating and I build right. that. I think if you understand your unique value. By your proposition. Yeah, proposition. Then mm-hmm. I think that would help you build community also because you can hold on to that and use that to guide you in every other thing. If it's monetization, what brands are you going to mm-hmm. based on this unique thing? It's like, this is who I am. This is why you want me. If it's monetization, this is why this is the direction. If it's marketing, 
this is what I want them to see. So that's the direction I'm going. I'm going to recap real quick because I love the way you put that. So you said, be authentic, be clear about what you're doing, be clear about your goals, and then know what your value proposition is. I love that. So to me, you are someone who's a community builder for the greater African podcast community, right? How do you go about building community at the company that you work for as well? So at AfriPods, what we have been doing right now is a lot of monthly meets with different podcasters in different spaces. And the idea behind it is because podcasting is very isolating. So -hmm. what I have realized in the time that I've been in the space, these podcasters in Kenya, for example, who Mm -hmm. don't know other podcasters in Kenya. Mm -hmm. So if you create a space for podcasters in Kenya to come together and you do that in Zimbabwe and you do that in Zambia, you do that in Ghana and you do that in Egypt, what ends up happening is you've created mini communities that when you need to get them all together, Mm -hmm. you have a space to start with. That's why we're doing like the Afripods meets Mm -hmm. to try and get the ecosystems in the smaller spaces growing and at a nuclear level so that then when we need them to come together, the little nucleus is coming together like cells. Don't be bringing science into the conversation. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) But that's, I think, what is important about the Afripods meets. Mm -hmm. Also, additionally, as part of community, it's realizing that one of the biggest Asks or things we don't have in the African podcasting spaces, educations. Like last year, we had a Zoom meeting, a virtual meeting with APVA where we talked about discoverability, you know. Mm-hmm. So you open it up to more of the continent. It's not just nuclear. You're opening it up to everyone to learn something about podcasting because in that sense, then you're all able to learn and educate and grow the ecosystem in that way. We have spaces as well and things like that. We had one the other day talking about like the future of podcasting. What does that look like? And being able to bring in people from different parts of the continent to participate in that conversation. Mm -hmm. People who've done different things. Rodney is doing like live silent podcasts, like things in Nigeria. It's just like, oh my God, I never thought about having like... Explain that a little bit more for us. Silent listening party for his podcast. Mm-hmm. In music, it makes sense. I understand going to a silent listening party for a musician. Mm-hmm. I'd never thought about it in podcasting. And now you're seeing someone in Nigeria do that. It's just like, oh, if I can put this on a platform, then maybe this is something we can replicate, you know? Right. Or if you're seeing in Zambia, Chulu of African women just did a tour. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh my God, we're doing podcast tours. So being able to create spaces where I can have a conversation now with Chulu, for example, mm-hmm. and be like, what was the process like? Mm-hmm. And then that education or what have you is helps another podcaster is what now we're trying to do or I'm trying to do with AfriPods and community. So it's a lot of education and creating spaces for podcasters to just hang out because I feel like every time they hang out, they're like, oh, wait, I saw you on, you know, they reach out to each other on Instagram. I saw you on the Zoom call. I saw this name. What did you say your podcast is again? And Mm -hmm. you slowly in those small spaces, get new connections happening, collaborations and things like that, which ends up growing the industry and the community as well. Love it. Love it. Wow. Create Your Life family. I hope that you are really enjoying this episode. I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors and let you know that our sponsors are giving special offers just for you. If you are a fellow busy podcaster who just wants to record and spend the rest of your time doing what you love, like working out at the gym with family and friends or traveling, use code CYLS for a discount on services when you go to podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. That's podcastlaundry.com or 347-871-8273. And without further ado, let's get back to the show. What's your favorite part about working in the podcast industry and building community for African podcasters? Is that it's unpredictable. 
I don't know what tomorrow will look like. I don't know what the industry will look like. It's growing. I mean, it can only get bigger. It can only get better. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what that looks like. I'm a trained journalist. I'm a professional journalist. Mm-hmm. I'm a journalist by profession. Let us know. Wow. But Go. it feels like if you're in that space, you already know if I come in as this an intern, this is my growth trajectory. This is what mm-hmm. is possible. This is what the industry looks like. It's already drawn out. It's a map. You can do that with stories. And then you can't do that with podcasting yet because it's still a very young industry. And so the idea behind these two things that are almost limitless at the moment, mm-hmm. being together and creating a space with that. I don't know. It's like you're in a spiral of just colors and you don't know what's happening. It's just like a happy place. So I'm really excited for what it is or what it could be, the growth of it, seeing what, how many podcasts come in, how vernacular takes on podcasting what stories we end up getting, like how many Netflix movies or whatever will come up from African podcasts, you know? Mm-hmm. Are we going to build our own Disney? <laughs> I was having a conversation also with Chirulamba and Kojo from South Africa, they're in South Africa, and the conversation is how do we build a community of podcasting that determines how podcasters will be treated in Africa by anyone coming in now? Yes. If anyone comes in, it doesn't matter what part of the world you hit, we all have the same messaging. If it's our creators are going to be paid, mm-hmm. this is how much our creators are going to be paid. Mm-hmm. And this is the minimum. And it doesn't matter who you talk to. Mm-hmm. That's the conversation across the board. Podcasting has the ability to be the thing that unites us mm-hmm. because we're not uniting on an idea or something like that. We're uniting on storytelling, which is the one thing that is absolutely uniquely African. It's the one thing that as an African, doesn't matter which part of the continent you're on storytelling is your thing. So Mm -hmm. if we can unite on that front and determine how we will be treated on our stories and how you will approach us on that level from everything, marketing, monetization, how you tell them. Because now if you come in as a producer, you're not going to be able to like water down the stories. No, this is how it's told. This is the accent. You will get it right. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the person's name and you will get that right. And you will get it right. Right. You will pronounce it exactly the right way. If it's Mm -hmm. a West African story, we don't have an East African accent on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like that kind of authenticity. authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and authority from the side of the creative where mm-hmm. you can be like, no, if you're not going to do it this way, I don't want to. There's that potential in podcasting, which is why I'm excited about it. No, I love that. You got me excited right now. <laughs> <laughs> Create your life family. I hope you're all excited too, because I'm fired up over here. So, Gatoni, I want to switch modes a little bit. Like, sure. what role has mentorship played for you in your success overall and as a community builder? mentorship, friendorship. I mean, you know, we all learning and growing it. Yeah, I was just about to say, I feel like it's more friendorship. Yeah. <laughs> I like the word. Shout out to Sean Blasher for that word. <laughs> Sean Blasher is the one who I first heard say that. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's that because in the industry with how young it is, I don't know that we are yet at a level of mentorship. There's mm-hmm. no one you can look up to. Mm-hmm. If, like the askers in the industry now will end up being the mentors, which is a very scary concept. Mm. But... You have experience. You've done your a thousand episode now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I have a question on something, I can come to you on that level. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes to like maybe an experience in Africa, I might know more about it. So then it's, an it's an exchange. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily a hierarchy. Hi- yeah, it's not a hierarchy. I feel like we're all on the same level, mm-hmm. but in different spaces. Yep. And then we're going to be the mentors for the mm-hmm. people who are coming after us. So if the next person who wants to be the production person and 
CCO and strategy guy in podcasting, mm-hmm. then you're the person they'd look to. Yeah. If it's who's the person who builds community, how do I do that? They'll yeah. come to me. Right. If it's how do you run the company and you know what I mean, it's then the Molly Jensen's. If you want to talk about running the conferences in Africa, it's the Kim Foxes, the Melissa's and the Joseph. Right, right. This is where it is. This is the people, if you're building networks, then now... It's Donald and Cyril in Ghana who will be the people who talk about it. It's Dana Seda you'd go to, you know. Right, and Gavin. And Gavin, yeah, Maybe. exactly. Mm-hmm. Those are the people mm-hmm. who you'd go to because they're doing the thing now yeah. and they're figuring it out Right. because the industry is still young. So we are figuring it out, making the mistakes and then being like, okay, this is the path. It's scary being the ones who are creating the path. You got to lay out the blueprint. Know? Also very exciting being yeah. in that space because there's responsibility that I feel in the stories that will come based on how you have built the thing. Because mm. if you build it wrong, oh yeah, then that means the stories get affected, but you will know you're the one who built it wrong. I think the beauty in that is that when we talk about being collaborative, I think the beautiful part about that is that us being collaborative, we're also open to other people's feedback. So there's a chance to course correct and be open to being wrong and being able to pivot in order to do things that are in the best interest of the greater African podcasting community. That's one thing that I really value about the creators that we've had the opportunity to work with and that I've been able to talk to. When you talk to the guys from the mics are open, Calvin, G Money, they're always like, we didn't take this particular deal because we knew what precedent it would set for the other creators. And, you know, you talk to your Adele and Yango's and people like that. So understanding that I think is good. And then, you know, there's also opportunity to have conversations with them where you're like, hey, you know what, what do you think about this. How can we make this better for the greater, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that that's and important. And also spaces like Baraza that are taking where they teach you like education on taxes and mm-hmm. you know things like that where it's, you also have to think about your creativity outside of just being creative mm-hmm. when the business comes in, when the money comes in. How do I negotiate, yeah. for example, with mm-hmm. a brand on getting money and things like that? Mm-hmm. So I think it's important, the role we're playing, and I think it is not yet mentorship. I think it will mentor the next group of people coming in. But I feel like also with how quickly the industry is growing, that will happen a lot faster than the four years we've had to be like, okay, is it right? Is it wrong? Is right, it, right. What is this? How do we figure it out? You know, there's a lot of conversations we're having now. It's like, what does the tech look like? How is this important? How do we help them monetize? In a few years or even a year, it's going to be like, okay, we're monetizing. What's the next thing? How do we grow the industry? Because it needs to grow beyond this thing. Yeah. Love that. All right. Now I want to ask you questions about you. Okay. (laughs) Other than consistency, what have been like, just give us like two keys to your personal growth. I've personally got the opportunity to witness you evolve. So. Stop. um, (laughs) (laughs) So like, what are a couple of things that have helped you to grow? I think being surrounded by the right people has helped me grow. And who are they? How is that? There's people who I work with. Sometimes they tell me things and sometimes I listen or whatever. But yeah, no, I think being able to be in spaces in the workplace, being able to be in spaces where the people who I work with have allowed me the space to bring in myself and figure out what community looks like on my terms. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to have leaders who lead and allow you the space to figure it out. Molly always says, feel fast. Do the thing, fail, and we move on. Mm-hmm. It's being allowed to make mistakes and knowing you're allowed to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. That makes it less scary to be able to do those things. Having a good workplace has helped. My sisters are everything. <laughs> so, of course, having sisters who, if I've had a bad day or whatever, I can call and be like, why is this happening? I don't like life. My sisters are very smart, very level-headed. 
have really good friends also in the creative industry. I have a lot of friends when like podcasting and things like that. It's also helped to be able to call those people, the Dana Sedas and the Melissas and Josephines, who I keep saying their names. But you know those people who you don't remember when you met them, but that's yeah. been in my life forever. Right. And it just happens that we are all in the same space now doing the same thing. Being able to call someone like Doris Onyango and just be like, hi, Doris, I don't know how this is. What's this? What's happening? How is this happening? Being able to be surrounded by great people who will call you out mm -hmm. if you're doing something wrong or have your back if you need support for it, I think has really helped me grow because I haven't had to think through a lot. I feel like I have the right people around me. So that's helped me. Also, understanding myself, I think I've gone on a journey of self-discovery, which has helped therapy and books and things like that, that mm -hmm. also helped me grow in understanding who I am in that sense. Yeah. Love it. So you sound like you in your zone, right? Like you did your thing with the videography, the photography and other things in journalism. So I want to know if you weren't doing what you're doing right now, mm -hmm. what would you be doing? I'd probably be trying to get into like the film industry. Okay. I'd probably still be doing photography. I'd probably be playing around with content creation. It would still be something in the creative industry. I just mm -hmm. need my brain to work. I did the nine to five thing and it didn't work for me for a little long time. Where it just feels like when you're in a space where it's like I'm writing data or I'm putting in this information, that kind of space doesn't work for me. So I'd find a way to make a creative space work. Probably production, in some production something. Gotcha. Directing or I'd call it a boom mic. Listen, I'll just do whatever it takes to in those spaces. <laughs> Love that. So creator to the core, yeah. speaking to my heart. I got to ask you this about your vantage point with podcasting growing at such a quick pace. What do you think the future of podcasting looks like in Kenya and the continent overall? Oh, that sounds like a scary thought. Lean into it. What does it look like? Yeah. Where do you think we're headed? I feel like it looks like creators getting money for what they're doing. The creative economy, orange economy, as a lot of people call it, is really growing really fast. And I mm -hmm. think there's a lot of potential for it to grow even more because like now we're seeing podcasting entering universities and things like that. A lot of universities in Kenya are starting to put it like in their journalism classes. Mm -hmm. So that means the younger generations are going to be learning about podcasting a lot earlier, mm -hmm. which means we'll have a lot more content, mm -hmm. which means we'll have a lot more competition as well. But that also means that the industry can really get better, which means there'll be more access. There'll be more transformation because now if equipment is hard to bring in, for example, mm -hmm. maybe someone will come up with a mic that can fit over your thumb. You know what I mean? Like something like that. You're right, right, right. South innovation. Be a lot of innovation. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what's exciting about it. I hope we don't get in each other's necks because I was having a conversation with someone and they said the second commercialization comes in, mm -hmm. most of the time people start fighting about the big money. So I hope that doesn't happen. But I think a lot of innovation, I'm excited to see what innovation comes about from it, especially as it goes younger. Okay. Loving it. Loving it. All right, Gathoni, we have finished the general Q&A aspect of your interview. Okay. But, <laughs> but this next aspect of the interview is actually rapid fire questions. So you have to answer in like 30 seconds or less. Do I have to be honest? Oh yeah, you definitely gotta be honest. <laughs> definitely gotta be honest. And so you're about to enter the dolphin tank. Are you ready? Let's go. Are you ready? Call me Flipper. Oh, oh, okay. All right, Flipper. <laughs> okay, number one, what was the last song that you listened to on your playlist? Oh my goodness, it's called Favorite Song, something like that. It's by Khalid and, oh my goodness, I can't remember, but it's such a jam. What are your goal setting methods? How do you make sure that you're growing each year? I journal a lot. 
So being able to look back like a few months ago, it's even how you write, how you think about yourself, how you observe certain situations and things like that. So I think journaling would be the way as my goal setting target thing, like what I look at to see what difference. Yeah, you mentioned your growth through your journaling. Got you. What was holding you back from creating your best life? Myself. Okay. (laughs) How? Imposter syndrome. One of my best friends. I don't want it to be, but... A lot of times I get in my head Mm. and then I can't get out. So that's probably my greatest battle. One day I'll win it, hopefully. But until then... You just keep fighting the fight. Yeah. I enter the hole and then one day I climb out and I'm like, I can do it. And then there's a new hole. What do you do in order to get out the hole? A lot of self-talk has become my thing. I call myself to a meeting. I love that. Okay. (laughs) I I call myself to a meeting and I'm like, okay. My therapist is always like, does it make sense? Is there actually a fear? Is there like a tangible thing? And most Mm. of the time there's no tangible reason. Mm. And so it's just like, okay, there's no reason you're afraid. So just do it. And also I feel like a lot of times we've been taught mistakes are bad. So reminding myself it's okay to make a mistake. Because the thing I've learned now is to look back on the one thing I thought was such a giant mistake a long time ago. Mm. And then right now I think about it and I'm just like, huh, that really had been mm. a state, but it's not that big a deal now. Mm. Think about like, for example, a breakup. That time it's like, oh my God, I don't <laughs> And then now you're like, what was his name again? You know what I mean? Oh, wow. <laughs> no. Forgettable. Like, Forgettable. you know, you had the mm. number crammed and now it's just like, I don't remember the number. But at that point in time, it was like your whole world. And I've started looking at things that way. So it's just like mm. in this moment, it seems like the giant. But in two weeks, when you look back on it, it wouldn't be that big. So think two weeks ahead and come mm. back and then it's small now and then you can continue. Gotcha. Yeah. Thank you for that. I'm actually going to go back and listen to that answer because you dropped a couple of <laughs> gems in there. Top tech that you're using to make your life run smoothly. Tech? Yes. Wow. Um, do I use tech? you be using that phone. I'll be seeing you use that phone. I use the phone, but I'm always just doing social media things. What's making your social media life easy? <laughs> what is making it easier? I don't actually know what makes it. Canva. Let me use Canva as my friend. Okay. Listen to me. If you don't know what Canva is, I hear all of the people, graphic designers are just like, ugh, I'm sorry, guys. Canva is my thing. Love it. Love it. (laughs) Favorite quarter model that you live by? It's never too late to be exactly what you were meant to be, I think is what it is. Mm -hmm. It's by George Eliot, and I can't remember the exact quote, but it's never too late to be exactly what you're meant to be. It's like, even when it feels like it's over, it's not. Favorite and most impactful book you've read? Big Leap. I can't remember his name, but The Big Leap. Okay. Yeah. Three jewels you would tell someone looking to create their best life. Know yourself, love yourself, surround yourself with people who know and love you. Mm, and that was a bar. <laughs> Lord, that was a bar. Woo. Okay. What's next for you? Living my best life. <laughs> Live my best life. Yeah. Letting people know I'm a princess and not just play. Growth. I hope to have growth in the space as a creative, as a community leader, seeing African stories be told. For me, it's just, I want to create a space that makes Africans understand their worth, know that they're worthy and take up that space. I really want them. I want to see Africans take up the space that is ours. So what's next for me is creating the space, however small or however big or however big that makes Africans understand their worth at an insular level so that we can be who we have always been meant to be. And what's the best way for us to keep in contact with you? You can reach me on 07. I'm playing. I'm on LinkedIn at Gavani Gomba. You can reach out to me on email. Or maybe like social. I don't know. Oh, my social media is... <laughs> I never give social media. I have social media called Podcasting in Africa. I just created a platform to help educate podcasters. So podcasting in Africa everywhere. 
Okay, cool, cool. Love it. So, congratulations, you have survived the dolphin tank. Thank you. Oh, wait, should I have said, okay, Kiasi, that's my podcast. Maybe that's where they should find me. Anyway. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Tell us a little bit about, okay, Kiasi. What does that even mean for those that don't speak Kiswahili? Kiasi is a little bit. So it basically means we're kind of okay. It's a podcast <laughs> me and my sisters have just talking about family from the perspective of like a blended family, sisterhood mm-hmm. and life from the perspective of a blended family. That's what it's about. It's fun. There's tears. There's laughter. There's a lot of everything and nothing at the same time. It's really fun. It's a fun time. No, we definitely got to check you out on there. And it's available on all streaming platforms, it's especially Afropods, right? On Afropods, for sure. If you just go and write O-K-A-Y-K-I-A-S-I, mm-hmm. you'll find it right there. Love it. Love it. Make sure it's three pretty girls. Hey, us. watch yeah. out now. Gang. <laughs> all right. So you survived the dolphin tank and now you create your life family. This is where I'm going to get nervous. So we've reached a part of the interview called the turnaround. And in the turnaround, Gathoni, you get to ask me any three questions that you want, completely unscripted. And I have to answer. Oh, my God. This is so exciting. So dramatic. So dramatic. <laughs> so any three questions? Any three questions. Go ahead. Lay it on me. What's the greatest lesson you have learned living in Nairobi? What's your biggest takeaway? Probably patience. No, I would say I didn't necessarily have a lot of patience before, but I would say patience and understanding have been like two lessons that have continued to show up for me and that I continue to lean into. So definitely a lot more patient, definitely more understanding of others' perspectives. Those two things I would definitely say. If you were an animal, what animal would you be? That's funny. <laughs> uh, I'll say, what animal would I be? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I'm like stumped because I'm just like, hmm. You have to pick one. I remember one of my friends used to be like, I have the behavior of a meerkat because I'm just everywhere. <laughs> they'd be chilling and then they'd be like over here and then they'd be over there. So like they doing a lot of stuff. So I need to probably research meerkats a little bit more in order to speak to that responsibly. Was that your final answer? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I have a final answer because I like koalas because they be chilling. <laughs> but koalas are actually interesting animals. But I did play with a koala in Monopoly before. And so me and my cousins, when I go home to Cali, it's a serious thing when we play Monopoly. Mm-hmm. And I had the world version and they had this koala. So it was like koala kev. That was like a thing for a second. So I don't know. It's like the rules where you have to answer the question. I did answer it, but I just didn't come up with a finite finished product of an answer. You got one more. You better make it good. If there was one thing uh-huh. you could tell people about you that they feel like they misunderstand the most, what would you say? One thing that people probably misunderstand about me. Yeah, that you normally wouldn't correct them on. But if you could, what would you say? That's interesting. Hmm. You know what I've learned is that a lot of the times people project and they don't necessarily get to know who it is that they may be making a comment about. And then I think a lot of times people actually don't even understand the words in which they're using, like the adjectives. They're just saying them because they're hot takes off of like social media and stuff like that. So I think what I would say is, is that sometimes I can be very direct. If you know me, then you also understand that I'm never malicious. It might come out a way and you'd be like, uh, but it's not my intention to ever offend anybody. That's an interesting thing is something that over the years have learned to navigate. But I've also allowed myself to give people space and understanding that people project and sometimes what they have going on has nothing to do with you. You need to be okay with that. And like you said, love yourself, know yourself, and then allow them to grow out of that because they might come back. Number one, most people have an issue admitting that they're wrong or seeing themselves. 
But in the event that they do, there should be some grace there for them to be like, hey, you know, what? my bad, I thought you was this or I thought that that mean this and it didn't. That's my way of navigating it. And I think watching some people that I look up to navigate those waters and seeing how all of these people had these things to say about them, but they stay consistent in being who they are and their character and stuff like that show through. But I think in the age of social media, that can be very, very hard as well. So it's an interesting thing to navigate. So you don't have anything you want to tell us? <laughs> you don't want to be like, listen, I'm actually a black man. <laughs> yeah, I've been there for a long time. I know, right? <laughs> New news. New news. Breaking news. I'm always operating from an optimistic perspective, man. And just, you know what? I always want to see people win. That is like my thing. Even with us working together, I'll be like, on your back about something. It's never like, oh, I don't think this is possible or this, that, and the other. I'm just so passionate about it because I can see where people can go to other levels. That's my thing. Like, I love seeing people win. I'm pretty much always operating with someone else's just from an authentic place of love. And I just want to see people win, man. Later on, let's talk about it. Your steps to getting there. Just kind of like how we are on the show. Cool. Yeah. About that, since you brought up that we work together at No Plate. <laughs> <laughs> I was like nervous. Like, uh, no, nah, it's like. No, not, a, not on the podcast. Though. Not on the podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, Gathoni, I want to say thank you so much for being a guest on the show. It has been a Having pleasure. Me. It's been really fun. It was good to sit across from you. I'm hoping that we'll be able to do this again Let's and go. again and again. Call my people. We'll make the time. Right, right. I appreciate <laughs> you. I appreciate you. Gang, gang. Gang. All right, cool. Create Your Life family. I want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast and share with everyone you know. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to info at cylseries.com. And the Create Your Life series is executive produced by Kevin Y. Brown and produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company. And this episode has been recorded at Kofisi Studios in Nairobi, Kenya. So until next time, create your life and feed your ambition. Create your life. Africa X. This episode was brought to you by PodcastLaundry.com. I love Podcast Laundry. It provides a real solution to free up my time. And time is the only resource that we cannot get back. Podcast Laundry was created with love to help other fellow busy podcasters free up time so that they could do more of what they love, whether that's traveling, time with friends and family, or working on other ventures. If you want to free up your time, then have Podcast Laundry do the dirty work of note-taking, graphic creation, editing, show tagging, and uploading for you. Go to PodcastLaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. And remember to use code CYLS. That's PodcastLaundry.com or call 347-871-8273.